0: arizona sports the local sports leader
1: 23 years in the national football league and i can tell you this there is nobody that i admire and respect more than lorenzo alexander Lord, God, God. He's one of those guys. He's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeal to coming to work. He's gonna outwork you every single play.
0: Fifteen year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup.
1: Oh baby, what a hit by
2: Lorenzo
0: Alexander!
2: All right, Zoe is here. It is Thursday. It is time for the lowdown. So what's going on,
3: man? I'm doing well. Uh, things are good. Uh, you know, obviously, just talking to Wolf, uh, you know, about the weather change. It's really football season here now, Feels yeah. so it's like football weather outside, right? Um, yeah, things are going really good, and obviously today we're moved up 30 minutes. I'm actually a part of this organization called Baskets of Hope with Tony Dungy, was uh, the spokesman for many years, and so I'm partnering with them. I've been working with them for 10 years, and what they essentially do is uh, – Deliver baskets to kids and their parents that are in the hospital. So Phoenix Children is normally one of Whoa. our big uh, partners that we that we try to serve. And I know, hopefully, moving forward, we're we'll partnering with Valley Wise as well. But we got a a, a meeting today. Over down at the convention center with, uh, what is the, Phoenix Raceways here. So we have a couple of the, the drivers, the ones that are competing. I think yeah, Joe I Gibbs, yeah. grandson, has a chance of winning the championship. So he'll be down there delivering via a, a, a robot to the kids today. And so I'll be participating in that a little bit later. But everybody out there, stay tuned. During the Super Bowl, we're going to do a huge a uh, basket of hope delivery and we're going to need a uh, significant amount of volunteers to put the baskets together and then obviously the, we'll have some guys and individuals deliver them the following day. Send me information on that. I will. will uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely will because we yeah. want to have at least 600 people. Our, our goal is is to, to put together 600 baskets
4: uh, for the community during Super Bowl. Okay, nice. so like could you bring kids that are Yo, low, Yeah, you can bring anybody and... out
3: that you want to okay. um, as far as that. If they can lift a box, if they can lift a book, right, you can help them Kids, so I mean, I'll bring my eight-year-old out there, there you go. and and they'll walk alongside. Of me and I mean, you know, to your point, it's just a great way to pay it forward and allow your kids and to start serving well now too. All right. Well, that's pretty good starts. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: all right, so we're looking ahead to the uh, the three games. I know you're supposed to look one game ahead, but it's kind of hard right now with the Cardinals to not realize their next three games or three divisional games. They're kind of on the ropes. If they don't win against Seattle, they're in real trouble. And then after this, they don't have another divisional game all the way till the end of the season, Week 18, against San Francisco. So this is this kind of feels like it here, these three games coming up.
3: Yeah, because of the way they started. um, you know, if they come out of this, you know, you know, I mean, they really could go 0-3, essentially, and yeah. then you're 3-8. and 8. I mean, you're essentially out of it at that yeah. point with all these games. So they have to take care. You know, I'm a player at, at heart first. It, it starts with Seattle. So you can talk about the others and the three <laughs> games together, but unless you take care of this one, the next one doesn't matter. Because even, I think, if you lose to Seattle, I mean, you're putting yourself in a real hard bind, and then you got to figure out how to beat the Niners that are getting a little bit better. Obviously, the Rams are a lot more beatable this year in the way they've been playing, but you got to beat Seattle. And when I look at Seattle and kind of a breakdown and, you know, I obviously everybody's, oh, Geno Smith is so great. And you look at some of his numbers, it's like, okay, he's doing okay. The defense is still giving up a lot of uh, yards and stuff. Um, they
2: feel beatable.
3: Yeah, they are beatable. When I'm looking at them, I mean, third down conversions is down at the bottom of the league. Um what they're saving grace is that they're turning the ball over and protecting the ball. I think that's what Geno Smith has really been able to do when they're running the ball well. But like when you look at like the stats that matter, red zone, third down, um penalties, uh those things they're at, towards the bottom half, bottom third of the league. And so this is a team that the Cardinals have the ability to beat. And thank goodness that D Hop is here because he is going to allow them, I, I believe, to win this game because he's he's such a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it, crazy to watch. Even that that touchdown last week that got him back into it, and uh, my he's the only one on their team that can make that catch, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> a few guys in the league that can yeah, make that catch. I mean sure. that is just ridiculous of what he's been able to um, to interject into this offense. Obviously, we still want to see it to grow from here, but it's just they have the ability to do it, but have to play great sound football they can't turn the football over and then they have to score in the red zone because that's an area that the seattle seahawks has struggled in and so if you can get up on them and really make geno feel like he has to become that guy i think you can play him out of this bubble or this you know this perception that everybody has on him right now because he is playing significantly better but it's not like it's it's, it's not josh allen or mahomes and, I, and when i hear people talk about him that's what it feels like hold on hold on he's getting mvp He is, he is, but that's But compared to who, though? Yeah. You compare him to Gino, Gino, right? So let's not throw him into this top five category. And we have a year where you have Tom Brady and um, and Aaron Rodgers not playing well. And so you say, oh, well, he's better than these guys in the way they're
4: playing. Let's put it in perspective, though. Yeah, let me ask you this question right here. Are you okay with a coach that is actually going to frame up, get in front of the team at a team meeting, frame it up for grown men? We got a window here of three games in a row. Are you okay if he thinks more big picture and says it starts with Seattle? As we all know, because as a player, you know that's what we're thinking. We're we're not thinking about anything but Seattle. But. to me, I think it's part of what a head coach has got to do. Yeah, how I think it's team,
3: smart. The truth. I think it's smart in teams. And, and if you don't address it, people are kind of thinking about it anyway, yeah. right? So I think it's good to just get it out there. This is what we got to do, men. And it starts, obviously, like I said, this week. But I want you to understand the big picture. But we got to focus here and understand how important this game is. And yeah. obviously, you always do that. But even within a season, there's micro opportunities to really dive into like a two or three game stretch and what that means for you moving forward for the rest of your season. You also said it,
2: though, Zoe, so if you lose to Seattle... Yeah, you're not mathematically out of it, but come on, like it starts to Seattle. You're basically four games behind Seattle, and you're zero three in the division.
3: Yeah, it starts getting really hard, and you start having to, you know, it's each get, then your playoffs start. You know, six weeks before they should. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I, like I shared that story prior. Like we had to win, win out six six games, I believe, in order to make the playoffs, and that's a hard thing to do. And then we got the playoffs. We lost the first week because you're so tight yeah. trying to, oh, uh, uh, we got to win these games, and then you have nothing left when you need it in the playoffs. And so it is essential that these that the uh, the Cardinals get on track and they have the ability to it's just you know, and I'm pretty sure we'll talk more about, it, but just a lack of execution, you yeah. know, players not standing. We can talk about Cliff in the plays, and I think there's always room to grow there. But when Kyler, you know, his back foot and he got somebody in his face, I mean, what you what you want to do? The play don't matter at that point, right? Um, um, and so that's where they have to evolve, you know, even in you know, you know, Kyler a little bit, you know, when he's throwing the rock. I mean, you throw somebody like the Eno Benjamin play people are talking about. That play was open. If he leads him a little bit better, he has some time. He runs and catches and maybe and probably falls forward yeah. because a little things like that, right, uh, is the difference of you executing and not executing when you're playing on the highest level of football.
4: I can't tell you how many uh, times the playoffs started for me when I was a player before Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so you made the playoffs. Uh, you thought was playing for I'm, your job and I've I'm been so on a lot so of those <laughs> teams too. Three and 13. Well, what are you playing for? Pride. Yeah, right, your job my, next year. I'm like, my, my God. Right. <laughs>
2: All right. Week nine of Bix Picks is underway. Text pick to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620-620 to enter. We come back. The lowdown continues. We'll get you caught up on the latest news around the National Football League and get Lorenzo Alexander's thoughts on the trade deadline. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports. Woo!
3: That's crazy. I've never seen
0: nothing like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup.
2: All right, Lorenzo Alexander is here. It is the Lowdown on a Thursday morning and uh, looking around some of the news uh, around the National Football League as we head into Week 9 tonight's Big Texans-Eagles game tonight. You guys fired up for that one?
3: Um.
4: Yeah, as a matter of yeah, you're always f- fired <laughs> up. Football, you yeah, <laughs> yeah, he can't help <laughs> himself. He can't no, help no. himself.
3: I'll be out at uh, flag practice. So no, I'm not. Okay, I'm not. That's my what
4: I'm excited that's, about. What, flag practice. Yeah, be, but you're still but you're gonna, gonna come back from flag practice and you're gonna yeah. sit there and well, say, you know what, the game's on. i right? like 31 to yeah. I mean,
3: I'll check the score. My son, he he always loves watching football. My youngest, so we'll probably, we'll probably watch the end of the
2: game. It's Thursday night. Houston's at home. Maybe they keep it close. They've kept some of these games close. They don't win them, but they keep them
4: close. You know, I I once again. I'm fascinated. I want to watch Philadelphia play because, again, are they going to evolve their offense? Because their offense is very, very similar to what the Arizona Cardinals do.
3: Yeah. Uh, even watching it like the week leading up, I told you I was tired of seeing the quick screens. But obviously, yeah. they've they've been more effective. And they've also, I think the biggest difference... They've had their D Hopkins the whole whole year. A.J. Brown, right? Right. He's been there. And so they've been able to start fast, build that momentum, and probably win a couple of games where they shouldn't have because they've had all of their weapons at their disposal. And so that's why I'm so happy that D-Hop is back because this confidence of this offense should start building a little bit more and hopefully other guys feed off of what Hop has been doing and and it just builds and
4: builds and builds and then they can find ways to (laughs) win games at the end. end. I I just want I want to ask you quickly. Just see Hop, what he said about Cliff Kingsbury in the, in the play calling? Did you see what he actually, Yeah, he said the
3: play calling is great. He said, he said, the the players got to make plays. What did
4: you think of that? What did you make of that?
3: Well, it's Hop. He getting fed the ball 14 <laughs> times, so yeah, it's good. I bet if it was the same calls and he was only getting five targets, it wouldn't be as hot, right? So, but that's smart, right? You want to feed your beast and, and allow him to eat and, and, and go about his work, and um, it's really been good to see how he's really helped this offense grow, and so He has to obviously keep that, and they have to keep just evolving overall just to allow their
4: their team to be more effective. Yeah, you know, for me, too, I kind of like the fact he knows that Cliff is under the gun. He knows that Cliff, everyone's all over Cliff about it, right? And he's going to stand up and say, oh, he's great at what he does. Say that it isn't. <laughs> Say that it isn't so. Right. right? I mean, and he's got point, an edge. Right. He has an edge and he has accountability
3: because he had opportunity at the end of the game to make a big catch. Right. You know, ran that dig route and kind of it was weird for me. I don't know if he saw totally. Pat P flashing. And so he thought somebody was coming. And he was trying to catch and like lean away from the hit. But that's a ball he typically the catches, catches. Only missed right? target of the game. And that yeah. would have been huge. And yeah. that was right on it. You know, that was right. That's a ball that he can catch. And so I think in that thing, yeah, it's, it's great we as players have to make the plays. Yes. And that's one of the plays that he could have easily made because of who he is and what he's about.
2: Yep. You're, you're very <laughs> spot on, though. Can't you just see how – yeah, uh, what's wrong with the play calling? Right. I'm hitting the ball 14 times. a yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. seems fine to me. <laughs> uh,
2: as, as far as the trade deadline, this is Marcus Spears Monday talking about the move that Miami made to go all in.
1: This is a young defensive end that has played really good football. Now he has an opportunity to be across from Jalen Phillips, <laughs> a defense really supported by guys on the back end that can play man-to-man coverage. Yeah. So from a football context, it makes all the sense in the world. And if you are going to position yourself, because we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills in context of this year, if you're going to position yourself for the next five to ten, you better have guys that can absolutely get after the passer. So this was a huge move for Miami and it, and it's an impact move based on what they did for Tyreek and bringing in all of these guys This somewhere
2: so, so people can debate if miami gave up too much or whatever but as just as a player on that team doesn't that show that your your front office is committed to like we're all in right now? There's no like playing this out, yeah. waiting for draft
3: picks. Like yeah, they are, all in. they should be. I mean, the way Tua's playing, that offense is playing. Um, you, you're going to need you need additional help with that because you want to. You never know what next year is going to look like, right? When you're in a position to maybe potentially make a run and be competitive, you know, a la Arizona Cardinals, sure. you know, right, seven and zero undefeated, and then this year they're struggling a little bit more. So you have to take advantage of those little windows when they pop open, guys are hitting it, look feels great, right, it feels good. Hey, we just need a little something different. And obviously uh Chubb brings that uh far as a pass rushing ability because nobody can match up with the Chiefs or the Bills man for man I don't care how good your corners are all of them aren't good enough with all the weapons that guys have and so where do you find the edge you have to impact the quarterback right and adding a guy like Chubb allows other guys on that on that um a Miami Dolphins defensive line to then rise up because now they may not be seeing a double Chubb is going to dictate obviously he's a great talent and now because you're putting pressure on these guys you have more of a chance of winning
4: games you know, I honestly think, too, the National Football League is changing right now. There is an emphasis that is being put back on the line of scrimmage, defensively and offensively as well. The yeah. offensive linemen and the defensive linemen, so many so many teams now are playing this cover-two shell, man. Right. So many teams are are forcing you to throw the ball, yeah. work your way down the field, the bend but don't break yep. mentality. That really is what is changing, I think, right now in the NFL. You're you're getting a lot of zone coverage being played, too. Right? Yeah, and that's what, and that's
3: what we did when I was with Buffalo. That's what Sean McDermott was doing in Carolina back in the day when they were going to Super Bowls and really competitive in the NFC uh, South, um, down there with the Panthers. And his was split safety, but it was quarters coverage, right? And his biggest thing was don't give up chunk plays because yeah. nine times out of ten, those chunk play drives lead to touchdowns, right? But if most offenses, even you know the best of them, are not going to nickel and dime you outside of maybe Tom Brady, nickel and dime you all the way down the field to score. Somebody's gonna drop a ball. Somebody's gonna make a mistake. Uh, somebody's gonna be able to get a get a sack and really stop that drive uh, by doing that. But obviously, the big play is always death to any type of defense when you give up those chunk plays. And I think that's why a lot of people are doing that to keep all these great athletes, keep them in front of us, rally to the ball and get them down and play that next drive.
2: Uh, also in the NFL, going over to the ownership news in Washington, and it's not like the commanders are sold or that they even necessarily will be sold, but there's been a lot of talk of that, and here's Adam Schefter yesterday.
0: Well, Forbes initially wrote about this this morning. They said there were groups that were interested, and I will to say this, that if you want to sell the Washington commanders, I don't believe that there will be a shortage of buyers if that's the route that you want to go. They're not going to have a hard time coming up with somebody to buy that franchise. Franchise. And frankly, in an environment like this, the NFL would help facilitate it and want it to happen because of everything that's gone on with that franchise in recent seasons. So that, to me, is not going to be an issue, finding a buyer and approving a new owner. That would be rather seamless. The issue is, does he want to sell? How much does he want to sell? And how quickly could a transaction like that be executed?
2: Yeah, so I mean, you played in Washington. It, that that fan base has been through a lot the last couple years, in particular with all this. And then you have a name for a couple years, and just it's it's been a weird situation. But they can turn it around quickly if they really get a new owner in there.
3: Yeah, I mean, because it's structural. You talk about uh, culture and, and what that means. Depend on who the new ownership
1: is yeah, right you know and who that person variable. is right
3: and they're not going to be vetting the, the person that comes in there for for character um but i think this is the way it's heading you know um uh, snyder for a long time refused to change the name and i know a gentleman was on this uh on early with the morning show and he i mean i think he put it great you know when you're when you're receiving economic stress right political stress and then cultural stress or you know uh, as far as people trying to say you need to move on you need to change the name, after a while becomes overwhelming. Um, and then you say, man, is this worth everything that I'm doing When I, if I can't really own and enjoy it the way I would like to? And so I can definitely see this happening pretty quickly because, you know, knowing him a little bit and, and Mr. Snyder, he's not doing this just to kind of tease everybody and then switch his mind up. Um, this is something that he's probably going to end up moving forward with.
4: So you think the Broncos, for the most part, I mean, what, what did they sell for? point. Six, six million. yeah, it was yeah. Over four yeah, million. yeah four so they yeah, have
3: like billion six billion four, for for this organization. I mean, isn't that high? It's think crazy. It, I it's think crazy think you're talking about a six. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Six billion dollars. I had a couple oh, of guys man. like, man, can we buy a team? I was like, uh, I can't afford that, man. I was <laughs> looking out, saying, like, man, what's one percent of one percent? I mean, that's still one point eight. It's, it's still it's ridiculous. Still a lot of money, and then you
2: can't even really say you own the yeah. team. Barely. I need five point nine <laughs>
4: billion friends if I to do it. Right. On that note, right. There, 2D. Honestly, when you look down the road here, how long do you think it's going to be before you're going to have every team playing one neutral site game, like internationally? How long do you with that 17th game zone? Yeah. Think um, about that. Eight home, eight away, and one neutral. I mean, I think it's, it's coming. I mean, it, it makes it logistically hard for
3: West Coast teams, especially when you're thinking about London and traveling 12 hours. And so how do you set that up so that there's not a, a competitive disadvantage for those West Coast teams? But um, it, it, whether it's Mexico, right, or one of those other countries, London, or I, I think they're doing one in Germany or something yes. too, right? Yes, they they probably have to physically logistically what makes sense, so you're not having a guy from Seattle having to go way over there and then come back, and how does that how does I mean, that work? Barcelona, yeah, so. but I think that's the way it's going, right? It's becoming more of a global game. I had a chance to to hear Goodell speak uh, at a luncheon last week with the Super Bowl committee and just how much. Uh, internationally, our, our game is growing and people understand it, right? Because traditionally we think, okay, Europe or non-American countries, we think about soccer. But this game is gaining some traction. People are enjoying it, learning it, and understanding it, especially with a lot of the intentionality that uh, the NFL has done with bringing players in from different countries that are playing in it. And that like, um, I forgot what type of, uh, like an internship type of, of of way, right? So, you, oh, man, he's from my country. Let me check him out. Yeah. And then also sending people ambassadors over doing clinics and camps with young kids and teaching them about the game and as they get older they have an attachment to the american game as well right, we come back patrick peterson
2: has had a lot to say about the cardinals is he walking any of it back he is not the lowdown continues next it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader
1: He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play.
0: 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo oh, Alexander.
2: Now, as here, it is the lowdown on a Thursday morning heading into week nine. And, Wolf, this is, you know, it was Thursday. We're at the point now where we're looking ahead, right? Yeah. But Patrick Peterson is still looking back. If he's looking back two years, I figure we can look back a couple of days. So. Listen, you
4: know I love Pat P. Let it go, Pat P.
2: Oh. Uh... Be- oh, it's hard. Before I play any of this, so I just want to get your reaction of, uh, you know, he's, he's on the field saying right. Steve Kime hasn't called him back in two years. He doubles down by in front of his locker later saying somebody in the organization was putting weird emails, printing them out. You don't have to print the internet. I think that commercial told us that, but putting the emails in his locker, like just a weird thing to bring up. Also kind of a weird thing to happen.
3: See, he hasn't had closure. It's still burning inside of him. Um, and obviously when you win, it, it allows you to express those things um, as you would like to. Um, unlike last year when they lost the game, but my note for this game, because I just watched it, you know, back this morning, was Patrick Peterson is on one. And if you don't know what being on one is, it just means taking it to another level. I mean, after every play, even plays he didn't make. He was celebrating, running over in their face, staring down the sideline, <laughs> celebrating with his fingers in the head, doing like a little dance, you know, in the, in the middle of the thing when doing the interception. And, you know, and he played well. I mean, he had two – he had a chance to have two interceptions that, that he almost called his shot. Um, you know, maybe a younger Pat P would have picked those balls off or, or whatnot. But he played a great game. I thought he was physical, you know, running around. And so, hey, when things are burning inside of you like that, when you feel like you've been slighted in, and, and whether it's petty or not, Uh, when you win, it gives you a chance to kind of release it and kind of put it out there. And, you know, he's been that guy. I'm going to let you know how I feel.
2: Well, now he's got the podcast. So if you thought, okay, he's just going to move on to whoever Minnesota is playing this week. He is not. He is still talking about uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to play some of these clips now. We'll try and play more of them later in the show. Uh, And I haven't heard this one yet, but talking about Steve Kime and some of the promises he feels that they were made to him that didn't get followed through on.
1: Because I knew they was going to get J.J. Watt before, you know, they even signed him because like, man, we're going to go get a alpha dog we're gonna go get us somebody up front that can really help you out that's what he's saying help you out and this is steve khan yeah help you out and the guys on the back end so i'm like that like, yeah we you know we need that you know, hopefully you know we're gonna have chandler back you get jj you know now we now we're trying to you know cook some you know cook some up for a recipe uh, for, uh, for success and then he was like, then he went into the money situation, you know what I mean? You know, we ain't going to have, you know, uh, much money, but, you know, I promise you we're going to do everything, you know, that we can to keep you around. So I'm like, all right, cool. <sighs>
4: You know, it's I I really am hesitant to talk about it when I hear a man talking about personal business dealings. I'm, so right, right. Right. In had, I'm yeah. just saying right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, I I, I don't want to call Papi a liar. I don't want to do that. I don't know what was said. Um, I think we all, through our own experiences, understand that conversations sometimes aren't exactly the way that you make them sound when you recall them. I'm just saying. Right. 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 I, 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 it's a very difficult thing when you listen to somebody like Pat P, somebody that I respect an awful lot. Um, you know, recalling personal business matters, man. That's just... And
3: funny. I mean, that conversation right there doesn't mean that it, it didn't happen. It wasn't bad. I wouldn't look bad at Steve Kahn because something happened differently. He said the money might not work out. We ain't going to have enough money. So when I approached Pat P to negotiate maybe yeah, Pat do P doesn't do want know? those deals or whatever whatever it may be but that's the business of football that right there happens to a ton of guys and it's what the league is about until it happens to you and then it feels a certain type of yeah. way but unless it's done like maliciously I think that's probably what more Pat P is upset I don't think he's upset about that conversation when you hear him talk and whether it's right or wrong but from his perspective is that the communication stopped and something uh, 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 a decision was made and he was included in it or wasn't informed about it when you hear him talk about everything in totality that alone i don't think he's upset about i think it's the communication having been here for so long having thinking you've developed a relationship and a friendship with someone and then something differently happens in that regard now obviously to your point wolf it's his perspective um and obviously steve is never going to talk about this at yeah, all right and what really went down he's going to take that because that's just the type of duty yeah, is yeah. right and so it's not even worth getting in a tip for tech. So they obviously both know, but Pat P thinks he's been slighted and it happens to a lot of guys. Miscommunication. That's why communication and, and clarity, especially with certain guys. I'm not saying you got to do it with every guy that right. comes through your organization. Right. But, you know, One of the best Cardinals ever. You know, yeah, Larry play, Fitzgerald, yeah. Pat P, guys that have been here sweat equity has helped you win put you on that level right um, um, you you owe it out of respect to them and what they've put in to, to communicate as clearly as you can and up front as you can so that there isn't this animosity because you want a guy like Pat P when he retires to feel like he can come back yes right be yes. a part of the organization maybe show up at practice and help some young guys out right because of what he did on the field and because and that's why I hate it that it's been this breakdown in relationship because That's going to... Minimizes impact in this organization moving forward when he's set up with all the greatness that he's had to really, to to really be impactful moving forward here. Yeah, this
2: uh, I think you you hit the nail on the head at least at least partially with some of it just being he feels like the communication broke down because you're right. Like you said he, he he clearly feels like he had no closure and so yeah. and I'm going to play another clip here. It's like if you think something's working one way or the other and then it just stops and there's no closure, then maybe you are holding it on onto it two years later. Although I would say. If for himself personally, he probably should let like go at this point. But here's more from Patrick Peterson.
1: So now, like I said, I hit Steve up like, "Yo, Steve, you know, I know it's a week out for free agency. Free agency to uh, officially start. I'm about to head. <clears throat> I'm about to head on vacation. You know, what I mean, just let me know because if so, I can start. You know, looking for teams while I'm on vacation. Versus, yeah. I mean, just you know, just hanging around. You know, you got me just hanging around like a little doll or whatever. So about the night before, um, the night before free agency started, I think I called him, I left him a voicemail or something like that, so he didn't pick it up. So I ended up calling my agent, I was like, man, bump it. You know what I mean, let's, let's just let's go. out there? Yeah, I was like, man, bump it. You know, he obviously he ain't returning no calls. He don't want nothing to do with me. It is what it is. As Soon as I sign, I get this long text message. Who? no other than steve Kahn. i'm like come on bro are you serious right now man so to me that's where the disrespect just went to me at an all-time high because mm-hmm. you're a general manager you got you see your phone every day you see your phone every second yeah so you can't be like and i know everybody's busy. And I'm not saying that, that I'm your, your your girlfriend or your chick or anything like that, but just be like, all right, P, we moving on. I can, yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm a grown man, like I said before. P, we moving on, we love your 10 years here, bro. We just moving in another direction versus saying, oh, we are gonna do everything that we can, da-da-da-da-da, then don't have no communication. And then when we don't have no communication, you wanna shoot me a text an hour right after I sign?
2: So I think I agree with you. It's just sad that it's ending this way.
3: Right. Yeah, it was just a breakdown in communication and and obviously felt slighted by the way it transpired in communication. Now, you know, whatever happened, but I've, I've been in that situation with, and I'll talk about my own person when I was leaving Washington and I wanted to sign back and go there instead of come out here to Arizona and they end up, pulling my deal when I decided, hey, I'm coming back. They pulled my deal and said, no we pulled it. It's like, dang. So let me call the head coach. Up uh, the head coach is blaming it on the GM. Then I could call the GM. GM blaming it on the head coach. They kept throwing me back and <laughs> yeah. forth. I'm like, man, I've been here seven years, you know, laying it out. I'm a pro bowler. At least let me know, Azo, hey, we just decided we're gonna go a different way. Uh have a lot of respect for you. We'll see you out there on the field. Good you luck know. in the rest of your career. All right cool but don't toss it back and not give me any clarity as far as what i've done especially when a lot of the organizations talk about we family yeah right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know they use that all the time so don't throw that out there especially when i've put all this work and swag and and produced and performed and now you don't you don't want to tell me
4: hard news i know it's hard Right you know, to tell amazing. a guy. I, I got to tell you quickly, man. Uh, Larry Wilson, of course, was the general manager for the Arizona Cardinals yeah. all the way back when I was playing for him. And I can tell you right now, I I didn't want to go to Cleveland. <laughs> Plan B, free agency. I didn't want to go to Cleveland, man. So I, I came to see Larry, and Larry, I, I walked into his office. I said, Larry, I want to talk to you about this, man. I want to stay here, right? And and Larry picked up his cigarette, <laughs> lit it, and walked out with me. Took me out. Outside the building, walked up and down outside of the front of the building, telling me, "You got to take this deal that Cleveland's offering the you right, right now. Yeah. take it because we can't pay you that. I mean, that was Larry yeah. Wilson, right? You no, know, I mean that's I, I always appreciated that. To your point, but that, yeah,
2: that's it, right? I mean, just because in your mind this relationship's over, you still there's it's not over yet. You still have to like finish it the right way, right? And correct, and especially when you are a player that has been on the team for that many yep. years, and you're not a guy that was there for six weeks or right. something. You know, uh, all right." So Smashing Pumpkins, Jane's Addiction are coming to the Footprint Center for the Spirits on Fire tour November 18th. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. We come back. What can the Cardinals expect from the Seahawks on Sunday? We'll get into that next. Lowdown continues. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, Here we go, Sonny! 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The Lowdown brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup.
2: All right, the biggest difference, obviously, with Cardinal Seahawks playing twice in the span of three weeks. So Lorenzo Alexander's here for one more segment of the lowdown. Uh, typically, you see two teams meet twice in three weeks. You figure, okay, it's a pretty similar matchup, but the Cardinals have their kicker back, and they have DeAndre Hopkins back. So there actually is a, a pretty significant difference on one side. Uh, here's Pete Carroll talking about the difference in preparing for that Cardinals offense with Hop back.
0: Well, it's different in that they know that he's out there and they're using the heck out of him. He's been targeted a ton in, in, since he's been back. Um, and he's come through and made terrific plays. The, the touchdown catch he made last week was amazing. And uh, but he's they go to him in regular situations just to move the football as well, you know. So he's a big part of it, and, and uh, we have to. Our focus is different because he's playing this week.
2: The other part of this, Wolf, you brought this up yesterday. The Seahawks defense is playing a lot better now than it was going into that Cardinals game. They had given up 84 points in two games. Now they're not giving up any points. Uh, so let's let's just start with Cardinals on the field on offense. They didn't even score a touchdown against Seattle last time. Against that Seattle defense, what's it like when you see each other that that in such close proximity? It's been four weeks of football, but three real weeks in, in actual time.
3: Right, uh, you know. So obviously, teams are not going to change that significantly in that in that time. Um, you, you are who you are. That's why divisional games are always so contested because you know the other opponent well, and so it comes down to. And I know Wolf loves that, right? Man to man, executing and doing your job and, and 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 as simple as that sounds it's hard ho- it's hard to do consistently for what for whatever reason you got injuries you know you got a, a, a backup in you know you miscommunication you standard good. Uh, the other guy's good right and so when I watched the game back last week the Cardinals and this is on both sides and I know we're talking about the offensive offensive side of the ball they have to be more physical At the line of scrimmage, games are won and lost, and I will never change on this. I don't care how. Thank you. How cute we want to get on the outside, eye candy. All these big receivers, guys can run around. Five DBs on the field instead of that third linebacker. The game is simple. We try to complicate it. Be more physical at the line of scrimmage, dominate there, and you can do all that other stuff, but you'll be able to run the ball, you'll be able to pass the ball, you'll be able to do play action, right? Win the game there. Because it was disheartening at times watching the Cardinals try to run the ball, try to pass protect, and then Kyler back there, you know, running for his life and trying to make a play. And then I... I don't even really don't even want to talk about the defensive side. That was even that was it was atrocious. It was yeah. embarrassing in a lot of ways, as far as the, the the defensive line and linebacker play from a physical standpoint. As far as I, multiple times, and it was different guys getting knocked off the ball four or five yards, getting kicked out four or five yards. I mean, one time a guy was ten yards down the field. Another time, same guy on his butt. Getting kicked out, right? You, you're you not going to win a lot of games like that. That's why Davin Cook, they, they couldn't set the edge, running off the edge, and so... Before you talk about winning anything, they need to show up. Hopefully, they red-dotted some folks. Maybe Hopefully, they went old school. I don't know if Cliff has that in him. Vance Joseph. Hey, you so were talking the about spirit of we'll meeting. Laser pen. I know he had a spirit meeting after that. It was the Saints win, right? Yeah. Hopefully, he had a spirit meeting after this last game. Like, look at who is this? I don't know if we drafted this guy. This is not the guy we drafted, right?
2: He's talking today, too, man. Yeah, look so at wonderful we'll, we'll
3: here. I mean, because it was. It was It was unacceptable. Based on what we've seen, the standards set the first yes. seven weeks of the season as far as getting knocked off physical physically. And so that's the first area they need to address as far as this game. Come out, be physical, because you know the, the Seahawks going to try to run the ball, right? You know they're going to try to beat you up front um, on, on, on the defensive side of the ball based on what they saw. Oh, man, ooh, man, these guys are soft. I don't know what's going on over there in the Cardinals' locker room, but they don't look like they're ready to play. I'm about to eat this week. And so just that mindset, that uh, that pride, that professionalism, Right, putting film out there that is not uh, uh, reflective of who you are. Um, They need to address that.
4: How much, though, do you think that had to do with the fact that Rodney Hudson, of course, wasn't playing, that uh, Justin Pugh is not playing, that DJ Humphreys is not playing?
3: I get that, right? You may not be as good as those guys, but to be physically tossed around without... Coming back, and you came back maybe one play, but just you—they lost way too many plays from a physical standpoint, and just getting beat. Just situational football. Even the last sure. play in the in the fourth in the fourth quarter when they're trying to go down, guard gets beat inside. You never give up the inside move. If he gonna get beat, let him run up the field. You're yeah. sitting on that inside because you know that you got to keep the pocket clean. Right. So just basic fundamental football that didn't even have to do with physicality, but you let a guy beat you there, and then you look soft. Talent, talent, talent
2: physicality don't have to be the same thing. You can have less talent. You can still be physical.
3: Correct. Correct. In yes. pride and effort. Finishing plays. Running to the ball. that That's a non-talent issue. And they lack that on both sides of the ball especially in the front seven, up front line and linebackers on defense.
4: Yeah, and one of the things, too, that I've been talking about all season long is the scheme. Uh, The scheme also, the type of plays that you're going to run allows you to be physical Mm -hmm. as an offensive lineman as well. And that's always been a point of contention for me. Right. I'd like to see them run plays that are more physical, more power scheme plays, as a matter of fact, as opposed to standing right up and man blocking. Right. I'd love to see them actually run a little bit more on the counter. Right. Run a little bit more power. And I
3: tell you, this is where skiing helps the, the player do their job right because then you know we people then focus back on Cliff and this is how it happens so to Wolf's point if I can run power if I can run counter if I can run downhill and be physical and then give the same look but have play action off of it it helps a less talented guy do his job because now the D line oh I think this is run let me sit down no it's pass and I'm already have you from a schematic standpoint I haven't even done nothing physically but the play has essentially put me in position to do my job Preach. at a high level and so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Cliff not like his plays and his offense isn't good but it has to tie in and allow guys no matter who's in there to do their job and sometimes you have to change right if you don't have D hop okay what how do we change if you don't have Rodney Hudson and uh, a couple of other starting offensive linemen what can we do to make these guys stand up and I know it may be a little uh, inconveniencing but that's what you got to do to win games you can't put a a, a circle in a square hole right
2: this is this is it too. I mean, like we were talking about earlier. If you don't if you don't figure this out against Seattle, you may you still have a season. Obviously, you're not mathematically done. But what are you doing? Like it, it should have some of the stuff should have been fixed already. But based on the division you're in, you still have time to change it. But you have like two days to change.
3: Yeah, it. Yeah, at this point, you are essentially who you are. Can you get on a hot streak and win? And that's why I'm saying I'm glad D Hop is back out there because he's gonna he's. Uh, Infectious Right The way he plays His swag The same way as Oh and and I'm sorry I've been negative I, I gotta give these two guys A shout out man My Buda Baker, man! I, oh my oh, God! Man. Oh, oh, oh my God! I just got it. Let me let me end this segment on a positive note. We'll Buda end every hour on Buda Baker. This year. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I just love the way these dudes play, flying around, and they make. And I know, and I know, Vance is doing this. Why is Buda getting to the ball faster than you? He's seven yards further away from you when the play started. I don't, I don't understand that. Can you answer that for me, uh, whoever I'm talking to? <laughs> I just. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: he's just flying hitting guys in the gap oh, I mean it's just so great to watch and I like obviously I like Jalen uh, Thompson as well yep. and what he does and his physicality and just uh, it's just it's, it's, it's fun to watch they, yeah. those guys make me want to watch the end of the film when other guys make me want to turn the film off and so <laughs> I just want to give those two guys a shout out because the, they haven't changed and I think that's why Buddha's so frustrated I'm out here laying cats out laying my body on the line I'm small but I don't care. I'm gonna throw it around. Why isn't everybody else? I didn't talk to you. I didn't say something. I didn't lead by example, man. What? Come on, let's do this thing.
4: Because when you talk about um, the offensive linemen, uh, you talk about wanting to be more physical as uh-huh. well. I, I've never met an offensive line or an offensive lineman that didn't want to come off the ball, right? Right, and be physical. I've. I, it doesn't exist to me. And if it does, you need to get him out. That's what we need <laughs> to have an offensive lineman who doesn't want to come off the ball. We need to do that, Wolf. Any,
2: anytime it's like coming off a loss, we just need to dedicate two minutes of the show to talking about Buddha Baker and Jalen. Oh, yeah, I so so get you up there. all day. Yep. If the whole team was Buddha Baker, you wouldn't even need a coach, right? You just have a
3: bunch uh, of Buda, those guys.
0: Buddha's going to run into uh, the darkness. Yo, yeah. so, thanks a lot, man. Great stuff as always. Always.